Hello and welcome to Nothing Ventured with me, Arish Shah. Today, I am super excited to have Adam Bezvinik, founder and managing partner of Looking Glass Capital, a pre-seed and seed stage venture fund. Adam, it's great to have you here in the studio with me, uh, albeit on Zoom. So we're going to start off with our primer. So could you give us a quick rundown of your own background and then we'll jump into the fund and, and what it does? Absolutely. Um, so I've been in venture now full time since about the summer of 2014. But prior to that, um, after college, joined Jeffries as an investment banking analyst for a couple of years from 2009 to 2011, which was its own interesting financial period to be working in, in investment banking. And then uh, went back to business school from 2011 to 2013 which is where I ended up working for Chris Saka and Lowercase Capital. And that's really where I started to get you know, obsessed with the, the world of venture and early stage investing. After that, I moved to the Bay Area. I joined a startup called Wanilo, which was an early player in social commerce space backed by First Round and Forerunner and Floodgate. Uh, I was running business development with them for them post-Series A. And then I ended up joining a small, I guess we'll now call it pre-seed, but back in 2014, we called it a seed fund. Uh, called Deep Fork Capital. Um, and from 2014 to the middle of about early 2017, worked for Deep Fork, got a ton of responsibility, probably way too, auto too much autonomy for someone who was you know, really just cutting their teeth in the world of venture, but got to source and lead 14 different deals there, which a handful of those are doing really well still at this point. And then I moved over to a large hedge fund called Anchorage Capital at the beginning of 2017. So basically the exact opposite of deep fork in terms of structure and setup and AUM and headcount. And I uh, led half a dozen investments for, for Anchorage really focused on series a and series B investing for them. And at the middle of 2019 really started having this itch that I needed to scratch, which was to start my own firm um, really saw that there was a lot of opportunity at this pre-seed stage. I was far from the first, person to, to recognize that there were people like Charles Hudson at Precursor and Nick Charles at Notation and um, Kent Goldman at Upside, who had all sort of, sort of broken off and started this, these pre-seed official shops separate from, you know, a quote unquote seed firm. But I really had felt like there was an opportunity to, to build something a little bit different, which we can talk about uh, later on. And so I ended up starting to fundraise for Looking Glass Fund One at the beginning of 2020, um, ended up persevering and getting through you know, a COVID fundraise and raised a little over eight and a half million dollars for fund one. And now I'm out, um, I've done an early first close on fund two and trying to raise about 20 million for, for this fund. Amazing. So let's talk about uh, looking glass for a second. So stage, you're obviously investing at pre-seed. Uh, what's your thesis? Uh, what sort of sectors are you targeting? Uh, what's your average check size and what geographies do you focus on? Sure. So uh, at Looking Glass, we strive to be part of the first round of outside capital that uh, a company raises. It's not always the case, but we're really focused on one to three million dollar rounds, generally valuations under 15 million post. Our average entry uh, valuation on fund one was a little over nine million post, despite the the frenzied market of of 2021. Um, we've made two investments so far out of fund two, which were a six million post and an eight million post. So um, continue to exercise the same amount of discipline that we showed on fund one check sizes on fund one were about 300 to 400 K 
on fund two, it'll look very similar, probably 300 to scale up to 500K. And we really want to be a, what I call a first yes. So that could be, you know, a lead in a round, even despite not taking half the raise, you know, a co-lead. Um, we can still be an anchor position in that round and then help you raise the rest of that capital. But what I promise founders, um, I will never tell them is come back to me when you have a lead. So we operate with independent conviction and a commitment is binding, um, no matter really how long it takes to raise the rest of that rest of that round, provided you you raise the amount that you really set out to. Um, thematically, we're investing in healthcare, climate, and then this third theme that I call empowerment, which for me includes education, tools and platforms, specifically serving small and medium-sized businesses, and then products that enable access, identity, or self-expression in some way. And all of these businesses are soft, pure play software or software driven um, across these categories. Um, really don't participate in any of the sort of deep tech or frontier tech that you might see in climate or, or healthcare. And then geographically to date, we've made um, 26 investments across fund one and fund two. All but two have been in the US, the other um, two were in Canada, but we've invested sort of geographically agnostically across the United States from large markets like New York and the Bay Area to smaller markets like San Diego, California, um, or Durham, North Carolina, um, but still open to looking at companies in the UK and Western Europe as well. Just haven't haven't quite gotten there on any opportunities that we've that we've seen. Um, but those are sort of the geographies that we're confining ourselves to. Amazing. And if you had to like pick three uh, portfolio companies that you're really excited about right now, what would those three be? Uh, the first is probably a company called Hone Health which is a telemedicine business. They started with um, testosterone replacement therapy. They've since expanded to a number of other prescription drugs. Um, they're about to sort of move into to women's hormonal health as well. And that business has been nothing short of a rocket ship since in, I invested at the beginning. It was the first investment out of Fund One and made the investment in September of 2020. And that business is doing tens of millions of dollars, multiples of tens of millions of dollars in, in recurring revenue at this point. Um, another one would be a company called Watt Carbon, which just announced a seed round led by True Ventures. I was the first investor in their pre-seed. Um, they're building a, a data as a service and sort of SaaS enabled marketplace for building offsets, specifically focused on looking at the carbon footprint of building assets and energy assets using grid level data. Um, to sort of get ground truth level data to understand how much electricity an asset really is using. And then they're building out a marketplace of suppliers of true building offsets that are tied to the grid. So I think, you know, alternative energy sources like solar, um, heat pumps, batteries, et cetera, not sort of the, you know, fluffy sort of nature-based offsets, which, you know, try and be quantitative, but are a little bit more qualitative, really leaning into sort of a sound underwriting of of how much uh, carbon you're truly offsetting based on using other other electricity sources, and then uh, the third company I would highlight is one called Sylvan Health, which is a telemedicine business focused on medical nutritional therapy, really serving patients that have chronic conditions. So a lot of companies have raised over the last couple of years around this theme of food as medicine, um, really with sort of trying to put more emphasis on nutrition within healthcare, but virtually all of those have focused on a direct to consumer offering. They might be in network with providers, but largely they're 
their advertising on Facebook and Instagram and trying to get, you know, relatively healthy people to lose a few pounds. This company is much more clinical. They're serving um, large at-risk providers um, like LifePoint and Alidaid and Blue Cross Blue Shield um, and working with uh, and, and payers like Blue Cross. Um, and so their go-to-market is fundamentally different. They're healthcare operators through and through as opposed to brand builders. And so they're taking a much more clinical approach to serving patients that truly, truly like it's life and death for them, whether they're going to be get healthy or not. Um, patients that have cardiology issues, diabetes, pre-diabetic, obesity, and don't really have the resources at all to get access to these types of services. If it weren't for something like Sylvan being in network and going through, you know, these patients, providers or payers to get to them. So those are three, there's probably about, you know, it's like trying to pick your favorite child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but those are three that I'm particularly excited about right now. Amazing. And just finally, if you were to look forward and think about kind of an emerging technology that you're starting to see that you're getting really excited about, you are allowed to say generative AI, I won't hold it against you. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what would that be? Or, or maybe are we going back to like, is Web3 the next big thing again? Um, rather than the technology, I guess a theme that I'm kind of leaning into is certainly this concept around electrific electrification, mm -hmm. um, both commercial and residential electrification. I think in the last, um, probably six months, I've seen about a dozen companies within the climate space playing on this theme in some way, whether it's helping you know, homeowners transition to, you know, installing EV chargers and you know, heat pumps and, and solar, or whether it's software to work with these vendors, or whether it's APIs to help people navigate the space. Um, you know, I'm, there's certainly something in and around this category. I don't think we're, this is one area where I don't think we're too early. I think this timing is actually like probably right. Um, and I think it's just a matter of, you know, what's the right, you know, the right way to play this space as an investor that I'm trying to figure out, but I'm with almost a hundred percent certainty, there's going to be at least one company in, in the fund two portfolio that's around this category. Amazing. Thanks, Adam. We look forward to talking to you uh, in more detail about everything you've been up to uh, in our main episode.